0: Good morning, church. Um, thanks so much, Chance, and the Millettes, for sharing all that they've gained from just serving other people, um, and that ties so well into my lesson today because they they were serving, but they were lights to the community. They were lights to the other people on their on their whether it's the Hope Youth Corps or even on the trip to Indonesia. There were lights to people. And what, what's, what's amazing is, I was looking this up. The speed of sound is 340 meters per second, but it needs a medium. It needs something to go into. The speed of light is 300 million meters per second, and it can operate in a vacuum. Meaning, people can see what you're doing quicker than they can hear what you're saying. They can see what you're doing before you say what you're going to do. Right. Actions speak louder than words. Come on. You can be a light even without speaking. Right. So this morning, um, oh, my name is Cody Dottie. Uh <laughs> Me and my wife, we oversee the team ministry here in Tidewater. Uh, unfortunately, not for very long. Because we are going to be transitioning into planting the church in Lynchburg, Virginia. It's really exciting. It's really scary. Um, but what I, what I love is that this past four or five months, we've been able to travel to different churches in our congregation. Whether it's through, to the Blue Ridge Church of Christ or Richmond Church of Christ and even to Potomac Valley. And we're able to travel there to inspire people to make faithful decisions. But also to inspire people to come with us, just like a couple weeks ago we did here. Uh, when we're traveling, we normally stay with family and friends. and um, We have a, a two-year-old daughter who comes with us, and we, we, we bring the pack-and-play and everything and set it up. Normally we're in the same room with Kendall as she's sleeping, and um, normally she goes to bed before us. Uh, So we put her down, and then we go and enjoy the rest of the time. And then when it's time to go to bed, we try and come into the room. And if you have kids, you know the struggle. You don't want to turn on the light. Because if you turn on the light, you disturb the baby. But it's so difficult to maneuver in the dark. Somehow, there's Legos everywhere. Somehow, the bedpost jumps out and destroys your big toe. When you're trying to maneuver in the dark, it's incredibly difficult. And God forbid you kick the pack and play. God forbid. Because then you wake up the child and then you too no longer are sleeping. Why do I say that? It's a profound statement that if you just turn on the light... If you just turn on the light, you can see everything. That doesn't take into account your your, um, clumsiness or anything like that. But at least you can see it. Right? right? The idea is so profound that if you just turn on the light, you can avoid the Lego. You can avoid the bedpost. And today we're going to be reading about how Jesus is the light. Jesus is the light. And that we can glean something from that. Go ahead and turn over to John 8. We've been studying through the book of John. um, And Mr. Ricky did a great lesson last week about uh, the Pharisees bringing the adulterous woman to Jesus, trying to trap him. Um, In John 7, more of the same, before that, the the Pharisees, or or Jesus came to the the festival of tabernacles to, to, to preach the word. He came in quietly. And then at the end, he he stood up and started preaching. And the Jews who heard this were amazed. They're like, who is this guy? Is he a prophet? Is he the Messiah? Who is he? And this giant question starts to form. But as that question is forming, the tension between the Pharisees and Jesus also continues to grow. What, uh, What I love is, as he's kind of finishing up and even at the... Festival of Tabernacles, there's called the, the Ceremony of light. Alright, and in this time, there's uh, in the Ceremony of Lights, there's there's pillars or candlesticks, there's four of them in the temple courts. And they're about 50 cubits high, which is, give or take, 80 or 90 feet tall. Okay, so they're, they're massive. And they're in the temple courts and there's, there's bowls on top of them. And about seven Seven and a half gallons of pure oil is poured into these bowls. All right, And you ask why? Well, because then they light them on fire. So you have 80 foot tall pillars with the top of them on fire. Jer- the, the temple of Jerusalem is on a hill. So as this is on fire, it's, the light is shining. The whole city is in light. The whole city can see this light. That's the background of what Jesus is about to say. That's the background. Hopefully you guys are over in uh, John 8. We're going we're to start reading verse 12. But if, if I had one title or one point, it's called Jesus is Lit and Legit. <laughs> Jesus is Lit and Legit. In John 12... Or sorry, John 8, verse 12. It reads, When Jesus spoke again to the people, He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows Me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We'll stop right there. Um, To be honest, I could just read one verse and have this whole lesson, and it'll be great. We'll continue reading later. But... This is a a very profound statement that he says. I am the light of the world. This is the second of the seven I am statements in the Gospel of John. And the whole purpose of these I am statements is to, to point to the identity and the purpose of Jesus. So by him saying, I am the light of the world, it's pointing to his purpose and his identity. Jesus claims, and it's a pretty big claim, that He is the light of the world. So what does that mean? Again, like I said, during the festival they light up this, these, these uh, pillars and the, the bowls of oil. The light of the world, those, those pillars are symbolizing God's glory and the coming of the Messiah. So by Him sitting there with all the Pharisees and Jews, Pharisees and Jews upon Him... Him saying, I am the light of the world. You see this light coming from these pillars? That's symbolizing me to come. That's a huge statement to the Jews who are awaiting the Messiah. They're awaiting Him. This is huge for Him. The the light metaphor is throughout the whole Old Testament. It is used countless times. The glory of the very presence of God in a cloud led the people to the promised land. Exodus 13. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Psalms 27. Light is Yahweh in action. Psalms 44. Isaiah tells us that the the servant of the Lord was appointed as the light to the Gentiles. That he might bring God's salvation to the ends of the earth. This idea of light is steeped in the Old Testament. And even in, in Zechariah 14. With its promise of continual light on the last day. Followed by the promise of living water flowing from Jerusalem. The idea of light is completely prophetic to the Savior coming. When Jesus claims that I am the light of the world, He's claiming I'm here to save the Israelites. But not just the Israelites now. I'm going to preach to the Gentiles as well. He is going to be the light of the world. As a a Jew sitting there, even as the Pharisees sitting there, Pharisees are the teachers of the law. They know the Old Testament. They know what they're they're supposed to expect in a Savior or in the Messiah. You can only imagine how them hearing this, them hearing this claim, and how they feel about it. And we'll talk about that a little later their response to Jesus and them trying to discredit what he's saying. But Jesus just claimed to be the light of the world. Not only did he just claim to be the light of the world, But he claims that you have to make a decision. Right? It says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. But will have the light of life. There's a decision here. There's a decision that we have to make. The question is, are you going to follow Jesus? And when I say follow, I'm not talking about follow the leader mimicking everything you do. That's part of it. There's definitely... Uh, imitation of action but it goes deeper not only are you supposed to imitate their action or Jesus' action but his heart as a man this is incredibly difficult because I am incre- incredibly task oriented what do I need to do at work okay check 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 I've done my work as a Christian, as a disciple who's trying to live after Christ, is I have to go deeper than just what is seen on the outside. I have to dig deep into my heart and why am I doing the things that I do? Why did I go to church? Not just because it's 11 30 and it's Sunday. <laughs> why am I reading my Bible every day? It's not because someone's going to ask me. It's because in your heart, you need to pursue God. That's why I go to church. That's why I read my Bible. That's why I'm even, I have to sacrifice and serve others. Not because the actions show really good, but because my heart, my heart weeps for those in need. So Jesus making this claim is, is huge. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus was lit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He lit the world. And not only did he light the world, but he gave everybody torches to continue his mission. To continue lighting others and showing your light. The Pharisees see this, and they too have a, a question to ask themselves. Are, they going, are we going to follow Christ? Are we going to uphold what He says? Are we, or are we going to continue to walk in darkness? Are we going to continue to live in a life steeped in sin? Are we going to continue to, to live how we're living, knowing that there's death for eternal life just as there's light for eternal life? What is our decision going to be? I love this because Jesus is, is a master of saying these profound things to giant crowds. He's trying to see where you are at. Where's your heart at? And I, I pray that I can do that same thing this morning. Because just if, even if you are a disciple or you're not a disciple of Christ, Christ is calling you to ask that same question. Are you going to follow Him? Are you going to follow Christ in everything that entails? Because that imitation is not just action. But are you going to dig deep and actually follow with your heart? Follow. Because it's an all-encompassing follow. Christianity is not a spectator sport. Either you're in or you're out. To follow like this, you need to go deep. In your heart and figure out why you do what you do. This is an extremely hard teaching. Especially to the crowd that is hearing this. Because the Pharisees are exactly that. In Matthew 23 it talks about them very specifically. As whitewashed tombs. Unmarked graves. They're clean and pristine on the outside. But inside they're dried up bones. And death. We have to ask that same question to us church. Are we going to follow Jesus with all of it our actions, heart? And then, by doing that, you are the light of life. Right? That you have taken the torch from Jesus and now you can light others and people can see your light. Are you ready for that decision? Cuz it's not a one time on the light of life. But it's a daily it's a daily decision you have to make. You go to work daily. You have hard challenges daily, hourly. Like, whatever you want to take it. There's decisions that need to be made, and you have to make it. Your parents can't make it for you. Just because your parents have a great light doesn't mean that you're going to have a great light. You need to have a personal torch from God. And what's going to stop you? What's going to stop you is when you're trying to do it all on your own, yeah. right? Just like if you have a generator at your house, you'll put a certain amount of fuel in it and the light will go uninhibited until you run out of fuel. If it's all on willpower or action, you're going to burn out. It's not until you plug it into the socket and get the full source of the power... Will it be everlasting? If you're visiting with us this morning, we love you. Thanks for coming. But again, Christianity is not a spectator sport. Jesus was lit. Are you going to be? Are you going to take the torch that Jesus passes and show everyone the light of life? This is a daily decision. Unfortunately, the story doesn't end with verse 12, right? The the Bible doesn't end at verse 12, and neither does the rest of the story. Because just as Jesus calls us to follow and to be the light of life and to to take up our torch, He's calling the Pharisees and the Jews to do it as well. And we're going to keep reading and see the Jews' response because, yes, Jesus is lit And he's legit. But the Pharisees tried to discredit. In verse 13, it says, The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, Even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. What? for I I know where I came from and where I am going but you have no idea where I come from or where I am going you judge by human standards I pass judgment on no one but if I did judge my decisions are true because I am not alone I stand with the Father who sent me and your law it is written that a testimony of two witnesses is true. I am one who testifies for myself. Oh, and by the way, my other witness is the Father. God. Who sent me. When they asked him, where is your Father? You do not know me or my Father. These people who claim to be disciples of God. Followers of God. God. Jesus says you do not know me or my father Jesus replied if you knew me you would know my father also he spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come Jesus is the light of the world he's lit and he calls us to decision to follow him but the Pharisees also have to be called to a decision to follow him. And we know in Matthew 23, their life doesn't represent where their heart's at. They're unmarked graves. To follow Jesus and to be the bright light we are called to be is difficult, and not everyone is going to respond accordingly. We see here the Pharisees are trying to still discredit Jesus. They, they, what Mr. Rickey uh, preached last week was they're trying to trap him. They brought an adulterous woman in and says, The law caused us to stone her because she has committed adultery. What do you say, Jesus? Well, Jesus, being the, the suave person he is, <laughs> it's like, well, let, that is true what the law says. But let the per- first person without sin cast the first stone. And everybody left. <laughs> the Pharisees are still. In their pursuit to discredit Jesus. And to ultimately kill him. But that's just it. When, when Jesus is claiming. He's claiming that he's the light of the world. And they're trying to discredit him. But I don't know if you're aware of this. But Jesus has never lied in his life. In 1 Peter Two twenty-two. It says he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. If anybody was a credible witness, it would have been Jesus. But to uphold the law, I have a second testimony. It is God, my Father. Which you don't know, but if you had two witnesses, God and Jesus, who both have never sinned or no deceit was found in their mouth... You know what? Throw in the Holy Spirit and there's a trifecta of perfect testimonies. Jesus can speak on his own, but to fulfill the law, God will speak for him as well. I can just hear in the back of my head, God saying, I approve this message. (laughs) This should bring us extreme encouragement. Because... God is backing Jesus. And with what Jesus is saying here, we can take it as legit. What He's saying is, I'm the light of the world. If you walk with Me, you'll never walk in darkness. That's encouragement. I'm not saying you're never going to have hard times. There's going to be plenty of them. But if you're holding the light, it won't be darkness. It's, uh, I saw this, uh, I don't know if it was a meme or whatever on Facebook, um, of, a, of a match up against a wall. And what's crazy is there is no darkness and light. If you hold it, there's no shadow. Because there is no darkness and light. And with God being the light of the world, there is no darkness. And with you being the light of life, If you continue to follow Him through your daily decisions, there is no darkness. There's probably hard times, like most of us have, but there's no darkness, because we're continuing to go back to the source of light. They can't discredit Him, because He's legit. He has the most credible witnesses possible. Jesus is the light of the world, and God backs that. If you're a disciple here this morning... You can have confidence in the decision that you made to follow Christ. You can have confidence because he has the most credible witnesses possible for the claim and the statements he makes. And God endorses it. As Jesus is the light of life, us two church, we need to take up our torches. We need to take up our, our lights and be the light of life as well. In conclusion, God is lit and legit. And we, when we decide to follow God, whether you're, you're visiting with us or you've been here a hundred times, when you decide that, that I'm going to obey Christ, I'm going to follow everything that He has said. Amen. I might not do it perfectly, but I'm going to attempt to do my best effort. Yeah. You are the light of life. Amen. And as we conclude this morning, I want to challenge us this morning. Because like from what the Millette shared as well as what Chance shared... Being a light of life doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to share my faith a hundred times. Yeah. That's great. But it's also just being a light in the community. Yeah. Whether it's your work, whether it's, your, whether it's at the, the homeless shelter, whatever it may be. Being the light of life is all the teachings of Christ. Yeah. Not just the evangelistic ones, even though those are included. It's all of it. Yeah. It's being a light in every situation. Amen. And I want to challenge us this morning, church. That as we are the light of life, let's spread that light to others. Let's spread that love and light.